fear about the futility of flight from the unknown, about the self-appraisal that permits modern man to live with the nameless terrors of the unknown. Beatty, I noted, as the man guilty of not being innocent, revealed himself to be one of the remarkable young actors of our time. It wound up on my ten best list of that year. Its setting, style, and score, remarkable. I still think it a film far ahead of its time, and for all time. Meanwhile, with my noting along the way that Promise Her Anything and Kaleidoscope did not show Beatty at his potential best, I became the movie critic for TV Guide and film and theater critic for the Today Show. In 1966, I had served as chairman of the International Jury for the Montreal Film Festival. I had had a fine time and kept in touch with its sponsors. The following June, Beatty and Penn invited me to see a rough cut of their second project, Bonnie and Clyde. It was passionate love at first sight. The Montrealers phoned me. They had loved Mickey one as I had, Chairman Rock Demur said. And did I know about Bonnie and Clyde? They were looking for a blockbuster opener, since the festival was to be part of Expo 67, the International World's Fair. And boy, did I have an opener for them. It was, indeed, a night to remember on August 7, 1967. Not officially anyone's critic, I felt free to ride with my husband in a parade of antique cars from hotel to theater and to join a packed audience and its standing ovation at the end of the film. Bosley Crowther, critic for the New York Times and my Newspaper Day's rival, hated it. In July, Vogue magazine had invited me to review a film, and my rave review of Bonnie and Clyde appeared in its September issue. When the movie opened in August, I was able to tell the Today Show's millions of viewers about the film. Among its many triumphs, I noted that Warren Beatty, so often merely a promising performer, fulfills himself as Clyde, revealing every inward weakness and outward ferocity of the man for whom weapons and the driver's wheel provide potency. Bonnie and Clyde made my 1967 and all-time best movie lists. With only an occasional lapse thereafter, Beatty did, in my view, fulfill the promise of his youth. In McCabe and Mrs. Miller, The Parallax View, and The Superb Shampoo, he showed himself a master of character, frontiersman phony, investigative journalist, Beverly Hills hairdresser come sexpot, as well as a socially conscious filmmaker. He took time out for political activity and returned to do a remake of Heaven Can Wait, and after another hiatus, fulfilled many roles in production, innovative structure, and performance in 1981's Reds. Another time out of his, and I found myself enjoying 1990's Dick Tracy and 1991's Bugsy, though his 1994 third version of 1937's Love Affair is a bore. But he triumphed in form, content, and performance in 1998's Bullworth, a political fable he wrote, directed, produced, and starred in. In 1975, Beatty and Arthur Penn had been the guests at the January Film Weekend at Terrytown House, weekends I'd been running since 1971. Beatty stayed over, and on Saturday we showed McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Mickey One, Bonnie and Clyde, and The Parallax View, all of which 
with shampoo, Reds, and Bullworth are on my list of outstanding American films. Beatty was a splendid guest, funny and discerning in his comments about his own work and that of others. Most of all, however, I remember our private conversations about his future projects and interests. That was 30 years ago, 11 years after we met. He made an initial and lasting mark on me, not only as a filmmaker and a personality, but also as a person. And that person, filmmaker, and personality come clear in Suzanne Finstad's perceptive portrait of the man. Judith Christ, New York City, September 2005. Prologue Origins of Fame Warren and I are not alike in so many ways, but we have the strongest...